Hey everyone, I'm Philip Anthony Elbertelli, the host of The Week in Doubt, a podcast for atheists, agnostics, and of course, whoever. And this is episode 307, I guess we'll call it. Alright, so originally this was going to be a news story episode, and one of the stories I was going to cover was Neil deGrasse Tyson's response to recent sexual misconduct allegations. But then I noticed the Young Turks had covered the story, and in full disclosure, initially I was going to focus more on the fact that Jenk kind of mischaracterized Patheos in the clip I'm going to play, but in fairness to him and TYT in general, since I started working on this episode, they've actually issued a correction. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that I get a lot of the stories I cover on this show from Patheos, particularly from Hemet Mehta's Friendly Atheist channel. So originally I was thinking, hey, two birds, one stone. I'll let the Young Turks set up the Neil deGrasse Tyson story for me, and I'll also respond to Jenk's comments about Patheos. I'll still address Jenk's mischaracterization, but I'll be sure to emphasize again that they did issue a correction. So before I start the clip, just a quick overview or brief synopsis of the Tyson story. So there's now three women leveling accusations of sexual misconduct at or against Neil deGrasse Tyson. The oldest of the accusations, which found its way into the news a while back, involves an incident that allegedly took place back in 1984, I believe. And it's definitely the most serious and disturbing of the three allegations, which were laid out in a fairly recent Patheos article. It's a powerful and disturbing word that I always feel uncomfortable even uttering, but the accuser basically accuses Tyson of rape. The two more recent allegations, if true, are more like creepy sexual harassment incidents. Still serious, but uh, not exactly tantamount to the earliest accusation. But I'll play the TYT clip now and comment as we go along. Well-known scientist Neil deGrasse Tyson is facing sexual misconduct allegations from three women now. This is coming from last Friday. I want to give you a rundown of the different allegations. One woman, Tachia Amet, says that Neil deGrasse Tyson drugged and raped her when the two were students at the University of Texas, Austin. Another, Ashley Watson, says he made unwanted advances when she was his assistant, causing her to quit her job. A third, Catlin Allers, says she was felt up by Tyson at a party in 2009. So you have three different women. Two of these sets of allegations are new as of just a few days ago. One has been known about for a number of years at this point. Let's talk a little bit more in depth about each of the sets of allegations. So Ashley Watson, who was one of the aides on a show that he was filming, was asked to come to his apartment for some one-on-one -on -one time, a wine and cheese thing, he said. And she did end up going. In his apartment, assistant Ashley Watson said he told her that as human beings, we all need release and asked if there were any releases that she needed. Shortly after she said she went to leave and he asked to show her what he called a Native American handshake, which involved clasping their hands together and finding the pulse on the other person's wrist while looking into each other's eyes. She broke it off after about 10 seconds and stood up to leave. So that's the first allegation. Now he has since a couple of days later, he posted on Facebook addressing all of these allegations. And so for each of these, I wanna give you a little bit of what he said in his defense. In his Facebook post, Dr. Tyson described the handshake as one he uses in appreciation of people with whom I've developed new friendships, he says. 
He said that at work, Miss Watson freely offered hugs, which he typically rejected, but that on a few occasions he clumsily declared, if I hug you, I might just want more. My intent was to express restrained but genuine affection. So that is the first and most recent of the allegations coming from. Wine and cheese. Uh, I'm more of a star crunch and Jagger kind of man. But <laughs> okay, so he invites her over one on one for some wine and cheese. I don't know why that seems cringy to me, but it it does. It's weird. There's certain things about myself that some people might consider cultured, like my interest in literature. I like all sorts of music, including classical. Uh, I'm more of a kind of medieval and polyphony type of guy than a Mozart, Beethoven type of guy, but I like some of that stuff too. But also, you know, I'm big into alternative and heavy metal, uh, that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to say there are some things, some interests I have that some people might consider cultured or aspects of high culture. But I'm not really a dinner party guy. I'm not really a wine and cheese kind of guy. Maybe I'm being too judgmental, but kind of uh, seems a little pretentious for my taste. But if you do like that kind of thing and you like it sincerely, then I guess it's not pretentious and that's fine. But there's something about the wine and cheese thing that makes me cringe a little. I don't know. So I guess technically inviting someone of the opposite sex or the same sex, if that's how you roll, over to your place... Uh, for some kind of one-on-one -on -one time, you know, dinner or wine and cheese, whatever it is. I guess technically there's nothing wrong with that. It could be completely innocent. And even if um, it's not completely quote-unquote innocent, so to speak, let's say if you do have kind of romantic designs or whatever, there's nothing wrong with that either as long as everything's consensual. And uh, the other person's on the same page. What could make it potentially creepy, I guess, are a couple of things. Um, there's the power dynamic. Because he was apparently in some position of power or authority over her. And there's also, uh, I guess this is in the eye of the beholder. There's the age difference thing, too. I'm getting the feeling that she was a relatively young woman. And uh, Tyson is what, right around 60 or something like that. Now, different people seem to have different tolerances when it comes to age difference. Some people actually seem to like having an older partner or they find uh, older guys or whatever more attractive. Don't know what the case was with this woman. But obviously, these are things that for her, may have, you know, could have made it a little creepy. Uh, to, in some capacity, he's the boss man and he's significantly older. Um, and then also we should uh, mention, I'm pretty sure he's married, right? I, I think uh, that would seem, you know, to me, like ethically, that, that would make it, uh, that might be the most creepy of factors. Um do they have an open marriage? I doubt it. Does his wife know he's bringing young girls to wherever for quote-unquote wine and cheese? Um, but I think that's only a concern if, if Tyson 
really did have sexual or romantic designs on this young woman. If from his perspective, it really was just some innocent thing, where like maybe a mentor or a boss who takes a special non-sexual interest in you, uh, who sees you as someone who maybe has potential, who's bright, who really has a future, um, invites you over somewhere to talk, their place, whatever, to talk one-on-one. I've had professors or teachers who've taken what I assume was a non-sexual interest in me. <laughs> you know, we kind of hit it off where they uh, realized maybe I had some kind of potential or that there was some kind of intellect behind my eyes that they appreciated. Um, and I've had teachers or professors invite me out to like a drink or to talk one-on-one. And I can honestly say I don't think there was anything sexual going on. It was really just kind of a mentor thing. So I think this is another one of those frustrating situations where it really does boil down to he said, she said, and besides the two parties directly involved, none of us were there uh, on this given evening or whatever. So we can only try conjecture and guess whose characterization of the event or events, is more correct. So could Tyson have simply invited her over for an innocent one-on-one because as some kind of mentor figure, authority figure, he saw potential in her and wanted to have an innocent conversation, maybe about her future, this or that? Um, That's certainly a possibility. Could he have been being an actual creeper And uh, he invited her over because he was hoping for something not so innocent. Um, And he did have kind of sexual designs on her, you know. Um, That's completely possible, too. Absolutely. But once again, you know, it's frustrating because it basically boils down to a he said, she said. The thing with the uh, the weird the thing with the weird Native American handshake. uh, Once again, For us on the outside who weren't there, it seems to be a matter of perspective. You know, I could easily see it as some kind of nerdy science geek thing where he's, uh, let me show you my special Vulcan handshake. (laughs) You know, on the other hand, and I'm not saying that you guys know how much I love and appreciate science. So I say nerdy science thing with, uh, with affection and all due respect. I'm just having a little fun or being a little glib here. <laughs> Definitely not looking to um, insult any science enthusiasts out there. I'd be insulting myself while I was at it. Um, and I could also easily see it being creepy. Let's say if he was sexually interested in her and he did invite her over for that reason, I could see how having this uh, tall, much older authority figure who has power over you suddenly find yourself in his um, in his house or whatever and he's giving you some kind of creepy handshake where he's sliding his thumb up on you trying to feel your pulse while staring you right, you know, looking down, staring you in your, in your eyes. Um, I could definitely see how that could be creepy from her point of view. And maybe... Um, you know, if he was looking for sex and trying to seduce her, then uh, I guess that would be kind of a creepy thing, giving her this kind of touchy-feely special handshake. But once again, kind of a he said, she said thing. I, I don't know whose characterization of events is true. 
And so I'm a little confused if this weird Native American handshake, uh, and if I apologize if it is an actual Native American handshake, because uh, I have a huge uh, reverence and fascination for uh, Native American culture. But just picture it, you know, I'm hearing about Neil deGrasse Tyson possibly using this handshake I've never heard of to seduce someone. And I mean, we're weird in that sense. Um, but I, I thought he gave her the handshake when he kind of had her in his place, the night of the wine and cheese. But maybe it happened more than once because here I'm reading something from The Root where it's reading his, where it's um, offering his response. She is a talented, warm, and friendly person. Excellent traits for morale on a high-pressure production. Practically everyone she knows on set gets a daily welcome hug from her. I expressly rejected each hug offered frequently during the production, but in its place I offered a handshake, and on a few occasions clumsily declared, if I hug you, I might just want more. My intent was to express restrained but genuine affection. Hey, it's me, popping in through the magic of editing, because I forgot to mention something earlier. If Tyson did, in fact, say to this girl while he was giving her the uh, bizarro kind of uh, possibly creeper handshake there, that everyone needs release, is there any release that you need, then in my opinion, unless there's some other weird plausible explanation that I'm not seeing, that definitely, if he really said that, that definitely takes things into kind of a creepy sexual direction. I probably didn't even need to pop in and state that. It's kind of obvious, but I just didn't want people to think I was overlooking it. Okay. That continues in the final week of shooting with just a few days left. As a capstone of our friendship, I invited her to wine and cheese at my place upon dropping me off from work. No pressure, I serve wine and cheese often to visitors, and I even alerted her that others from the production were gathering elsewhere that evening so she could just drop me off and head straight there or anywhere else. She freely chose to come by for wine and cheese, and I was delighted. In the car, we had started a long conversation that could con that could continue unabated. Production days are long. We, ar we arrived late, but she was on her way home two hours later. So that changes things a little for me. I mean, if she really just received kind of an impromptu invitation because she was right there in front of his place anyway, she had dropped him off. That potentially seems uh, more innocent to me somehow than him going out of his way to make plans and invite her over. Uh, it doesn't mean that his intentions were 100% innocent. Obviously, they could still just happen to be outside of his place and he still kind of wanted to get with her or whatever. <laughs> um, then it, uh, it continues. Afterwards, she came into my office. It says, two told me. Maybe it should be to tell me. She was creeped out by the wine and cheese evening. I was creeped out by the wine and cheese thing too, but for different reasons. We already went into my weird hang-up about that. Um, she, she was creeped out by the wine and cheese evening. She, she viewed the invite as an attempt to seduce her, even though she sat across the wine and cheese table from me. And all conversation had been in the same vein as all other conversations we ever had. 
So I don't know if my reading that necessarily sheds any more light on the situation. Essentially, it still seems to be, uh, you know, a he said, she said thing. And I apologize if by reading that I unintentionally repeated anything John Iadarola already said there. And uh, speaking of that, let's get back to the clip. Earlier this year, actually. Okay, uh, so let's break this down. First of all, the source is enormously relevant. Uh, so if uh, I see a report in the New York Times uh, that is different than if I see a, a report in an alt-right blog, okay? And in this case, the report is coming from Pathios, which is a magazine apparently dedicated to faith and spirituality. And my guess is they are not allies of Neil deGrasse Tyson. So they uh, generally hate science. And so they're like, oh, he's a prominent scientist. Hey, look at this thing I found out about a handshake that he did, okay? All right, so for anyone who's familiar with Pathios, uh, Pathios, right there, you know, there should just be an alarm screaming in your head, like, Jank, you you done fucked up. Uh, <laughs> um, obviously, um, well, I guess two things. Uh, I wouldn't even call it, Neil deGrasse Tyson probably is, for all intents and purposes, an atheist. But in an attempt to remain diplomatic, he doesn't refer to himself as an atheist. Um, he tries to stay out of that fight, even though he obviously is a passionate promoter of science and, and a scientist himself. Um, so I don't know if he necessarily be as hot a target for fundamentalists or right-wing religious types as, say, an outspoken atheist like a Dawkins or whatever. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, but that is kind of moot anyway, because um, Patheos isn't some religious fundamentalist or right-wing site. Patheos is pretty much in an, an umbrella site for a whole host of different channels dedicated to various faiths. Um, I wouldn't call atheism a faith, but you know what I mean. Uh, there's, there's not I think there's more than one atheist channel. Of course, the most prominent atheist channel associated with Patheos is probably Hemant Mehta's Friendly Atheist channel, uh, which I actually really love. I get a lot of my the stories, once again, that I cover on this show from uh, Hemet's uh, channel or blog. And I think there's more than one Atheist channel on Patheos. And there's also, uh, there's Wicca, Pagan channels, things like that. And if anything, I, I would say the majority of the channels seem to be kind of, kind of left-leaning, if anything. So Patheos is far from some right-leaning religious fundamentalist site. And I think what's kind of disturbing about this is Jenks, he, he's well known for getting heated sometimes, and you can tell he's already getting heated. He's, uh, he's speaking very confidently when he's horribly wrong in his, uh, in his mischaracterization of Patheos. But once again, in fairness to Jank, they did issue a correction, and there's a clip on YouTube with Jank offering a mea culpa. Um, and I thought it was a sincere and well done apology. So 
I definitely uh, want to emphasize that. But uh, let's continue. So now, hold on. Let's judge the merits of it, okay? But yes, I do have a grain of salt uh, on, on this because of the source. I do. So if you think that, no, even if the Roger Stone gave it to me, I would trust it immediately and think it's absolutely true. That's your call to make, but I wouldn't, okay? So, and, and context matters. Is it people who have fought for women before? Is, is it people who have fought against women before, et cetera? Okay, now, and they, and let's take them one by one. There's a tattoo. Okay, okay well, I can go through the other allegations right. if you want. And, and, then, and then I wanna uh, give you my sense of how legitimate it is. And I know that people will say, "Oh, you can't do that. Well, I am gonna do that. So let's give you the details and I'll give you the, what I think. Okay, quick. so stepping back in time, the second allegation comes from Catlin Allers, an associate professor of physics and astronomy at Bucknell University. Um, she was at a party with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Now she has a tattoo of the solar system stretching from an arm to her collarbone. She said Dr. Tyson was, quote, obsessed with whether the tattoo included Pluto. She says he looked for Pluto and followed the tattoo into my dress, she told the website, describing it as uncomfortable and creepy. Uh, Dr. Tyson in his message on Facebook noted that Pluto had been declared no longer a planet just three years earlier. So whether people include it or not in their tattoos is of great interest to me. Uh, and then as we alluded to, there was the, 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 if you're going back the farthest back in 1984, Tachia Ahmet, a graduate student that he says on Facebook that he had uh, dated briefly. He says that they did have sex. He doesn't remember an incident um, like this, uh, but she alleges that she took a drink and uh, when she like it made her pass out, when she came to, uh, he was having sex with her. That's what she says. Mm, okay, so um, uh, first on Pluto. Uh, so do on the on do I challenge that the person was uncomfortable? I do not challenge that at all. That is their decision to make, and and she thought it was creepy. Etc. Is this someone? Is this something that you fire someone over that they wanted to look at the a tattoo of a Pluto on someone's shoulder? It makes it seem like oh my god, under the dress, etc. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. It stretched to her collarbone, and she says yes, it's on my shoulder. Okay, your call to make too. You could say hey, you know what? No zero tolerance, and I judge everyone a hundred percent. No matter what the severity is, you want to look at somebody's shoulder, you're gone, you're fired. You can make that call. Well, I, I, don't I know, wouldn't make that call. I don't know if anyone's making that call. Okay, I don't know. I don't I, think anyone's saying that he should be fired for it. Okay, over this stuff? No. No, no, uh, over that particular one. Okay, I'm so saying. I'm going one by one. Okay. okay. All right, so I'll chime in on the tattoo thing here. And I apologize if you're watching the YouTube version of this because. I have a feeling the video is going to look very choppy and perhaps somewhat uh, surreally comical at times. It actually looks like John Iderola's voice is coming out of Jenks' mouth, vice versa. Uh, so apologies if that uh, ends up carrying through to the uh, to the end product. So once again, I wasn't there uh, this particular night either. I can only go by there to accounts. It does seem they both agree Tyson did indeed mess with parts of her dress, lifting the shoulder strap or whatever, looking for Pluto. Is that what the kids are calling it? So I don't know what was actually going through Tyson's mind in that exact moment. 
If I was going to be charitable, I could posit that maybe it was just one of those weird things we've probably all experienced where some weird, uh, you know, some older parental type figure kind of comes up and inspects you to see what's going on, maybe flips your hair if you're a guy and teases you for growing it out, or grabs your arm and lifts up your sleeve to inspect a tattoo or something, pulls an air butt out while you're listening to music. You know what I'm saying. In his mind, it could have been something completely innocent and non-sexual like that, or maybe he just took some nerdy interest in the tattoo, or, or maybe he really was just being a creeper. Either way, I definitely understand her being put off by it. No matter how innocent your intention might be, you, should, you shouldn't just go up and touch a stranger. Specifically, you shouldn't go up and move a woman's dress strap because that could definitely be interpreted as being sexual or overstepping your bounds. So, number two. Look, guys, it's the reason I break this down, even though almost everyone will criticize me, the right wing will and probably the left wing will. How dare you, you can't do relativity. Yes, you can. Attempted rape is way worse than seeing someone's shoulder. Al Franken had a lot of different accusations of different varying degrees and it should be taken very seriously. One of them was as he was taking a picture. Well, I definitely agree with Jenk there. And that's something I kind of alluded to earlier too, that uh, yeah, the oldest of the accusations is definitely far more dire and serious and disturbing than the more recent two. It doesn't mean that the people who experience those more recent events don't have a right to be creeped out and voice their concerns. And it doesn't mean that Tyson, you know, maybe Tyson was being a creeper, maybe he wasn't. We weren't inside his head in those moments. Um, but Jenks right, you know, to put it crudely, I'm paraphrasing him, I forget what he just said verbatim, but um, rape is far worse than looking at someone's shoulders uh, or someone's shoulder. It doesn't mean that, I mean, lifting someone's, coming up and lifting someone's dress strap, no matter how innocent your intention is, that's still kind of an, an invasion of privacy and um, an invasion of someone's personal space. So I'm not trying to whitewash the two more recent incidents, but I, I think it's common sense that if all these are true, the, the oldest accusation is, is, is far worse than the newer two. If he actually sexually penetrated someone without their consent, even possibly drugging them first, far more serious than lifting up someone's dress strap, even though, you know, you should do, I, I shouldn't have to, um, clarify all this, but you guys know what I'm saying. He put his hand on the person's waist. I don't know where else you put the hand. I, that's not a thing. Now that doesn't mean none of the other things are true or important. Or oh, for a minute, I'm like, was he talking about Tyson? No, when he's talking about the hand on the waist, I think he's talking about uh, Al Franken. Remember a uh, comedian turned senator, Al Franken, uh, found himself in some hot water when a series of allegations had come out against him of sexual impropriety or misconduct. Um, I think it was worse than the waste. On at least one occasion, he had supposedly grabbed a woman's buttocks uh, <laughs> while they were um, publicly having a photo taken or whatever. Um, the other thing, what he got... Uh, accused, I think, of grabbing, 
what's her? La- I forget the girl's first name. I think her last name's Tweeden. Um, yeah, yeah, it's Leanne Tweeden. Um, he was accused of grabbing Leanne Tweeden's breast during um, a USO tour while they were on a chopper or an airplane or something. And uh, Tweeden herself seemed to be very outraged about it. Um, and maybe uh, Franken's a creeper too. And if he put his hand on a stranger's ass, you know, a, a woman's behind, you know, out of nowhere during a um, a photo opportunity, that's that's definitely scuzzy. That's an invasion of someone's personal space. You shouldn't be uh, touching a stranger like that. Um, but in fairness, just trying to call it like I see it, you know, the thing where with Tweeden, she was wearing some kind of uh, bulletproof, like a Kevlar vest or something. And I guess his hands were actually not even making contact with the vest. And he had this photo taken where, while she was sleeping, where it made it look, look like, uh, you know, it was meant to be this comedic photo where it looked like he was going to to grab her grab her chest but he actually wasn't making contact and she was wearing a vest um i still think it's kind of a shitty thing to do i mean it depends on what her attitude would be you know you'd have to know her as a person i think some people you could be friends with someone and you know that type of thing might go over well with them they'd end up laughing at it too when they saw the photo. Some other people are more sensitive or they have different values. And if they find out you even pantomimed grabbing them inappropriately while they were asleep, even if you didn't make contact, they're not going to be too happy about it. And I could see why she was put off by it. It's kind of this juvenile prank where if someone did something like that to me, I wouldn't really care. And there might be some women who might not really care, but it, it bothered her. And um, I don't know what kind of relationship they had, how close they were, how jokey they were. Uh, maybe he thought based on the type of friend, if they even had a friendship, maybe based on what he knew of her, he thought she uh, it might be the type of thing she would laugh off, but obviously not. Um, but I think that's... In retrospect, given the fact that he didn't actually make contact with her, with her body, that was probably the, the less disturbing of the allegations against Franken. There were other allegations, like I already talked about, at least grabbing the rear end of one woman. And um, supposedly during a USO comedy bit or routine or whatever on stage, basically forcibly sticking his tongue down... Um, the mouth of the woman he was acting with. There, there was a part of the bit which calls for them to kind of kiss or he attempts to kiss her and he basically just goes all out and tongue kisses her. Um, and that if that's something she didn't know was coming or it's something she isn't receptive towards, you know, or wasn't receptive towards, then yeah, that's uh, that's inappropriate to say the least. Uh, but I don't know why we're talking about, Fra- well, Jenk brought up Franken, but let's continue with the clip. We're serious, right? So let's go to charge number two here. So the woman who worked under him, well, now we got a w- different situation here. And she felt uncomfortable. So, and I, she seems very genuine. So I take that super seriously. Now, whether you want to fire him over is a good question because 
The only thing physical he did was do a handshake. And he says, and for now, I don't think that she's on the record disputing this at all, but I'm, I definitely wanna hear her out on it. She said, he says, the next day I told her, "Oh my God, I didn't know it made you uncomfortable, I'm so sorry. And then she accepted that apology, but she was uncomfortable enough to leave. So that's a serious matter, okay? Mm-hmm. But he never did anything more physical than a handshake. Again, you're called to make, I'm just telling you what happened, right? But he did invite her over, the whole wine, and inviting her over. I could see how you think that's creepy, I totally get it. And that you'd be uncomfortable working there in the future. Yes, and then Charlie Rose did similar things, but Charlie Rose would then take it to the next step. Mm-hmm. And he would come out of the shower naked. Now, none of that is alleged for Neil deGrasse Tyson. Again, uncomfortable situation, he immediately rectifies it and did nothing but a handshake. Okay, it's up to these folks, okay? And then finally, the attempt, the rape allegation is super serious. As serious as it gets. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we judge that? If he was up for the Supreme Court, you know what I'd say? Do an FBI investigation and do it for long enough until we figure it out. Because if he did actually rape her, I wouldn't want him on the Supreme Court. I wouldn't want him on Cosmos. I wouldn't want him on anything, okay? Uh, now, he's not in a situation like this. I don't know how the employer investigates an allegation that old. It is very similar to the Okay, back again through the magic of editing. About seven minutes of my initial response to the comments Jenk just made were lost. Because I was an airhead and forgot to unmute my microphone, yes, welcome to my world. If I don't mute myself while listening to the clip, my mic will record the dead air and it will affect the quality, making the clip sound more washed out or distant. But if I remember correctly, I said something to the effect that, despite the seriousness of the allegation, unfortunately, it seems to be yet another case of he said, she said. I don't know what exactly happened on that day or night between Tyson and this woman over 30 years ago. Did Tyson sexually penetrate her against her will or without consent, possibly even drugging her first? Or were they both messed up on booze or whatever and she wakes up confused the next morning assuming she must have been drugged? I have no idea. Given how long ago it was, I assume the statute of limitations is up or are up. But if what she says happened to her really did happen to her, then I hope for her sake and the sake of justice that there still is some way to investigate. Although realistically, after 30 years, I'm not sure what kind of evidence you'd find or how good people's recollections would be. But fairness to her, if she really does believe beyond a doubt she was drugged and raped, then I think it's the right thing for her to speak out and tell her story. I don't think she should be silenced just because it might be too late for the law to do anything. She still has a right to be heard, and I think it's good to set an example for other victims by coming forward. Now, on the other hand, if it didn't go down the way she said, then that obviously sucks for Tyson. I take sexual assault very seriously, as we all should, and to me, rape is one of the most heinous and damaging crimes a person can commit against another, maybe with the exception of murder. Although when I was younger, I used to argue that in some ways, maybe it's even worse than murder because it leaves the victim or survivor having to live with the trauma of what's happened to them. But I've kind of mellowed out as I've gotten older and now tend to say, well, even though it isn't going to be easy, at least the person is still alive and their families still have them in their lives. Where was I? Well, I guess I was trying to illustrate how seriously I take sexual assault, but I think yet another horrible crime is leveling false accusations of sexual assault. 
both because it does a disservice to actual victims and because it means you're falsely accusing someone of an extremely serious and heinous crime. I'm not saying that's necessarily what happened here. To be honest, I don't know what the heck happened here. Is one of them lying? Was the whole thing a messy drunken haze and they both remember it differently? Or did he, Tyson, really do something awful the night in question or day? I don't know. I don't know. Bill Cosby allegation. Yeah. Did they have the same MO from all that time ago or you know, or was that in the news a lot? I'm not qualified. I have no idea. I know I'm not, and I'm saying that totally serious. I have no idea, right? But it is an allegation from a long time ago, and I don't know how an employer deals with that. And all of this in a publication that probably despises Neil deGrasse Tyson, just for context. Too easy way. Okay, so once again, <laughs> there he mischaracterizes Patheos. He's uh, very confidently and nonchalantly talking about a, a publication that probably despises Neil deGrasse Tyson. But yeah, yeah, they issued a correction. And I have to say in full disclosure, I once, uh, I think, kind of mischaracterized Patheos too, not in a bad way, in, in a fairly good-natured way. And uh, I don't know if he still listens to the show, but um, I guess he's kind of a retired podcaster now. But fellow podcaster, the Mad Humanist, uh, we haven't talked in a while. We used to talk regularly on Twitter. Um, it was probably a couple of years back or something, right around when I first started using Patheos for a source. And I said just kind of good-naturedly in passing that I wasn't sure what kind of uh, publication they were. I think I assumed they were an atheist publication because of all the atheist stories I got from there. And he corrected me and let me know that Patheos was this kind of blanket thing that contained multiple channels or blogs uh, devoted to all different faiths. Okay, but that being said, uh, thanks for listening or watching, guys. I'm actually recording this episode with a screen capture tool because it kind of cuts down on my workload. Uh, when I'm done editing, I should be able to, you know, basically have a YouTube version ready to go and an audio version ready to go. And it allows me to just pause and comment instead of having to chop the video or the audio up. All right, so you guys know a drill, Facebook, Twitter. I'm almost, even though I'm not a superstitious guy, obviously, um, I'm almost ready to stop asking people to like the Facebook page. I'm always going to try reverse psychology. Please don't like the Facebook page. Because the last time I asked people to like the Facebook page, I ended up liking, two, I ended up losing two likes that day. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so, you know, you can follow the show on Twitter, check out the YouTube channel. Maybe you're doing that now. If you want to help the show out monetarily, you can uh, do so via PayPal. And you can find the PayPal widget on the uh, the Podbean page. I think it's way down the bottom. Or what I think most people uh, prefer to do is you can go to patreon.com slash doubt and uh, help the show out for as little as 99 cents a month. And uh, speaking of Podbean... I don't know what the hell happened if they changed their preferred payment methods, but I recently went to upload an episode and noticed that I was kind of like locked out of my account. And I guess they had changed uh, what payment methods they accept. And uh, my reoccurring PayPal payment was denied. So I basically had to reopen my Podbean account, which is pretty serious for... Uh, what I do here with the podcast, because the feed is hosted on Podbean. 
And I noticed that since then, my viewership or, you know, my downloads have, been, have dropped down significantly. And I don't know if it's because a, a, a number of people may have been unsubscribed from the Podbean feed. I, I don't know. Um, but that kind of sucks. But hey, what are you going to do? Soldiering on. So until next week. All right, brothers and sisters. Thanks.